and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 125, uh, coming at you, probably just a podcast this week because we're doing it at an odd time, uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since this is still a call-in show, I'm going to throw out those numbers for you anyway, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. We're doing it at an odd time this week because MC just got back into town from Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah, and I just... uh, So what were you doing in Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico is in that song, uh, Despacito, that is... Uh, taking the airwaves by a storm, you know, Justin Bieber and whatnot. Anyway. I like all of um, Puerto Rico better from, was it the <laughs> 80s or 90s? <laughs> um, so Puerto Rico was interesting. Um, I I hope they don't pay very much for security there because uh, it looks like they're doing it on their own. Like if you, you know, just drive around, you'll see, old, you know, bars on all the windows and uh, barbed wire fences and, you know, stuff like that to... Uh, protect themselves um so i uh i know i guess taxes are kind of high there like at least sales tax is like 11 percent. okay um which is insane and a lot of people mentioned at the conference that if they lower taxes they might actually collect more um and okay so uh, so go into that because that that was the the reason you were in puerto rico to see all these various things <clears throat> Yeah, so the reason we went there uh, was for the Libertarian Conference. No, Liberty International Conference. Um, so it's just a, a bunch of libertarians from around the world uh, coming together to speak their mind and uh, present their uh, best cases for liberty. And uh, <clears throat> a, lot, a lot of them were talking about events that are happening uh, you know, in real time. Um, one of the speakers in particular was in was from uh, Venezuela, and that would have been interesting to to me and and a lot of libertarians. Venezuela is the most important thing going on because um, you see socialism collapsing in in real time. Um, I did learn a lot about what's going on there, and it's a lot more complicated um, than it at first seems. Um, so, for example, um, other countries are supporting Maduro. Uh, so if China or Iran or Cuba especially are giving money to the government so that it doesn't totally collapse, um, that's that's one of the reasons why it's difficult for the resistance to, to make a difference is because they're getting support from outside. Um, so... Other things that that are happening, um, uh, a lot of the Venezuelan military, obviously they try to put down the, any any resistance. Right. Um, all all the people in the military are you know well fed, fat, and happy, and well I don't know happy, but um, <laughs> they're, they're definitely they're definitely not suffering as as much as as the people on the street that are actually nope. eating out of trash. There's there's lines to eat out of trash. Um, so people are starving there and, uh, I seen an article where they were smuggling like baby diapers for the babies cause they were just, there's nothing left on the shelves. Yeah. Well, everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the, one of the 
things I was mentioning was like contraceptives. Like you just you can't you can't get them, so people just don't use them. So that, that's that's another problem right there. So, um, yeah, it's it's totally amazing. It's it's shocking and and uh, so one of the people. <laughs> Uh, not one of the people. The, the gentleman that was was speaking at the conference, um, he. Uh, it's what's what's amazing to me is that he's there, and his his main function right now is is the Bastiat <coughs> Bastiat Society, uh, and it's a it's a think tank. It's a it's just about ideas, and you know occasionally um, they they might you know march on the street too, but. Um, their their main thing is trying to spread the idea that that what they need there is freedom right um in venezuela there everybody there is brainwashed into the idea that uh, the us capitalism is evil and um and really the united states is evil capitalism is just a you know, description but um they're associated with each other Right. Those those and, um, evil United States people then look at their capitalist system and what it does. So the reason they associate uh the US with with evil is so they can get support from other regimes that don't like the US. Okay. Um and it's it's really easy to see why. I mean, you got a country that one of its biggest exports besides the US dollar is warfare. I mean, yeah, so I I don't disagree with them when they say U.S. capitalism uh, just you know altogether is is evil. You know this isn't this isn't U.S. capitalism is a bad uh, evil thing. Um, so it's a disgrace to the I, word capitalism. Yeah, it is. Um, but I I'm okay with getting rid of the word capitalism. I, I you know if if you know they they are brainwashed. They don't they don't know they don't they they. It's it's just a word that is bad to them. Um, so it's easy for me to drop that word and say, you know, what what do you need? So everybody there likes freedom, though. Um, uh, what I haven't got into much with is, is you know, private property. Um, so in Venezuela right now, there is no private property. The government takes whatever they want. Right. That's just that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and here there's a pretense for it. And then they have asset forfeiture and eminent domain to get what they want yeah. when they can't get it anyway. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's and it seems like it's getting worse. And then people tried to stop it, and then and now it's, you know making a comeback again. Like, um, but there in, in Venezuela, um, you know, if you can't defend it yourself, nobody else is going to defend it for you. And and you and on top of that, you can't own a gun. So. Um, it's it's really hard to have any personal property, and so you basically don't. You know, um, a gentleman mentioned he you know he'd like to you know play music on the street or something. But what if you need a guitar pick? You know, just it's just a little piece of plastic. Well, there's there is nowhere to get one. Damn. I mean, you just can't find it. It's not there. It just doesn't exist. You know. <laughs> See, so, he he needs to like learn some ingenuity then, because well, like yeah, I understand could, a guitar pick may not exist, but there's so many other things you can use to pick a guitar. Tr- true. Okay. Um, but it's it's just a way to look at it from you know 
yeah. you know, outside looking in. You're right. Um, I understand. I'm just, you, you know. know if, you, if your guitar string breaks and then you, you know, got a whole other big problem. That's probably a little so, bit harder to come by than a pick. Right. Just saying. Um, Go on. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and I'm here with you. Uh, I, but that was the example he gave. And, right. And, and I, but I'm the same way. Like, I, it, I probably, if, if I had the opportunity to play guitar, I probably wouldn't. Uh, I mean, unless I really, really wanted to, um, I probably wouldn't be ingenu- you know, put any ingenuity into it. I'd just be like, oh, well, I don't have any guitar picks, and I might as well find something better to do than play guitar anyway. Um, but if the guitar pick was available, I might pick it up and start playing. Um, so it, it, just, it just brings um, you know, difficulty into every aspect of life when... Uh, there, there is no way to get the things that you want uh, or, or need. I mean, if, even if you need toilet paper, you know, <laughs> tough. <laughs> yes. So um, to give you an example of uh, how much money is worth there now, um, ten, you know, 8 to $10 might be a, an entire month's salary. Okay. Um, you can uh, pay somebody to... Uh, like make a a hard hardcover textbook for probably it's probably five dollars. Um, so I don't know. It but it, it's really hard to to make the textbook, I guess. Anyway, so it'd take them a long time to do it. You know, I guess I don't know. But okay. Um. But uh. So one of the things he he's like I said he's he's in the market of ideas right now and, and spreading those ideas and. Uh, it's I don't know. Isn't that weird that instead of uh, trying to I guess operate the black market, uh, which be the most beneficial thing to Venezuela right now, um, that he's in the market of of ideas. And that's you know, it's I'm I'm really impressed by. Him. I'm like I don't like why are you doing that? I like so he he does see the value in it and 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 I do too. And that's why I I want to support him as much as I can. Okay. Um, and uh, so what he does, he's he uh, broadcasts information on the internet, like like we're doing. Okay. Um, they do a whole bunch of memes. They make fun of uh, the government, and <laughs> and they contact other leaders, and they try to explain to them how freedom would would solve all these uh, problems that are Im- imposed by the, the crazy crazy government. Um. So that that's uh that's how how much he believes that you know ideas are are more important than trying to you know uh, make food more available you know I mean that's that's pretty impressive uh, that's that's how much conviction he has in the power of ideas. Well, um, and I will also say this because I've I've said before right that there's it's it's a it's a battle on multiple fronts. Right, that require uh, a variety of attacks to like to defeat our enemy, so to speak. Right, so sure. it's 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 well and good that he's out there, uh, you know, pushing pushing these ideas and trying to win. You know, like you, you call it the battle of ideas, right? But at the same time, there has to be somebody operating the black market, feeding the people, you know, oh, yeah. food so that they they're nourished. Right and can right. accept these ideas and evaluate these ideas and implement these ideas, 
right? Yeah, so it, it's it's not like it, I don't, I don't want to say that you know you know kudos because he's 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 not you know taking the low road and and you know going into the black market. He's 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 well, up here on his you know on the pedestal and just well, neither, preaching neither, ideas. Neither one of those neither one of those are the low road, but it's right. just from my perspective, like I I just can't imagine being in that situation and and doing basically the same thing i'm doing now like i I would have given given up on that like these guys are all you know idiots they'll you know like let them die i'm leaving you know and and he's he's out there uh trying to fight the enemy and but using ideas instead um so it's that that's i don't know i i have to the the only way it makes sense to me to, to say why it's amazing to me is because you know, given me and my, you know, being in that situation, I, I probably wouldn't do the same thing. I wouldn't see the yeah. value in it as much. But it's he, a long-term he strategy. It, he values it way more than I do. Um, I, I would say I it's a long-term a strategy, like post-revolution, right? Like when, once, once the people start to, to, to turn the tides on the corrupt government, right? When, when they're ready to, to rebuild their, you know, society, whatever you want to call it. Right. What ideas do you want in their head as they start that process? Right. So you feed them the ideas of liberty. So when they, you know, when they emerge from the rubble, you know, they build a society based on the ideas of liberty, not once again on communism or socialism or any of those or, or you know, violent dictatorships or anything like that. Right. So, so it's a long term. It's a long run strategy. One of the issues is that uh, a lot of the books uh, that are on the you know Mises and the Bastiat Society and uh, you know a lot of the recommended reading material is not translated to Spanish. Okay. Um, so that's one of the things they need uh, funds to to help do. So they can they can pay translators to translate it, and they can uh, have them print books for fairly cheap and and uh, give them to the other. Or sell them, whatever, give or sell. Mostly, probably give to to these people that I that he has in mind. So right. there are there are still people in Venezuela that have you know money and power, um, and a lot of those people are going to be you know whether we like it or not, um, you know they they you know at some level they those people that still have money and power are there with the government's approval. So they're either, you know, paying the government off or they're involved with the government in some way. Um, but nevertheless, that they have they still have money and power and they're they are still influenceable. Um, so that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to influence the future leaders of Venezuela. Um, you know, to instead of putting another, you know, slightly less uh, socialist r- regime, you know, uh, right. when this when it when it all falls down, they the, instead of that they want to promote the idea of you know freedom is is the root of the solution instead of government is is the root of the solution. Exactly. So mo- most likely they're going to have a form of government, and there's going to be you know, a leader at the top and, you know, or, or maybe 12 leaders. I don't know. There's all types of different governments, but, um, you know, if, if the idea that property is important gets stuck in their head, then, um, you know, maybe a lot of the, uh, starvation and stuff like that can be, 
uh, eliminated. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, I hear what you're saying. Right. And at the same time, um, the, the, the goal should be, you know, that the, the government isn't necessary, but you know, like you said, the likelihood is that they're going to do it. Um, I want to step back a minute. Cause one thing I do like about the Mises website, the way they handle things and maybe, you know, the, the Bastiat society does it the same way when it comes to reading material and literature, um, is that they give it away. Um, and they, they give away like digital copies cause you know, it, it's a digital copy and there's no, there's, there's really no scarcity when it comes to that. Um, but if you want the physical copy of the book and you want the printed pages and you want the hardcover back and then you want, you know, the nice little laminate covers and all that, uh, then you pay for it. So I, you know, I've downloaded, um, many more books than I purchased, uh, from the Mises, uh, website. Um, but I do own some of the books, right? Cause I go, wow, that was, you know, that was an interesting read, uh, you know, or I want, I want more of this or, you know, I want to support the organization. Um, but I've, yeah, I personally, I have a thing for donations, man. I just, I don't, don't like not getting anything for, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I uh, do do the same thing. Uh, I I bought like, uh, three products from the, you know, Ron Paul when he, he was doing his campaign and yeah, still have, you know, the book and CD and the, you know, audio book and, you know, whatever else. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and, but those are, I, I, those are like my little, you know, little collection, you know, I got, it's, uh, something to remind me of, of, uh, you know, the struggle we went through. Yes. So I, you know, so, so I think that would, that's always a good way to do it. So if you, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, pushing these, when you get the translations done, I guess what I'm trying to say is when you get the translations done, um, and you want to move the ideas through, you know, through the populace, um, you give away the ideas, right? You give away the material to, to get the ideas into the head because the value isn't going to come, um, you know, from the, from the sale of the book, right? That might help your organization continue for a little bit longer, but if you want that long-term change that, you know, that spreading the message is going to do, then you, you get the ideas out there and then you reap the benefits of a freer society later. Um, but I also recognize that there's, you know, cost incurred, right? So if you have the printed books, uh, the people who want, you know, who, who don't have access to the digital or, or prefer the prints, well, then of course there's going to be a cost for that because, you know, the, there's more scarcity um, in, in that arena when you're talking about, you know, what goes into the production. And like you said, you know, what, what it takes to put together a hardcover book, um, you know, you, you can understand why that someone needs to be compensated for that if that's the, the method that you want. I think that's all yeah. I had on that. So, so to take it, you know, to next step further and not just giving it away but but if you target giving it away if you make a hardcover book and and you you know you meet with someone who you're trying to influence and uh that that can make a a a real big impact and and not only that but the the other method that they're going to use is uh is setting up their own conference in in venezuela Uh, so imagine you know there's starvation and and, uh violence and all this stuff and and someone invites you to a conference at a nice hotel and you get free coffee and and a you know piece of toast or you know whatever um they ha- they they can give away at the hotel oh, some glazed donuts <clears throat> um yeah um but uh, so so one of the things they they call it they call it I can't remember but basically a coffee coffee conference and, and okay. the reason why they why they call that is because coffee is uh, a luxury now in Venezuela. 
So it's like that's unfortunate. Uh, Aren't they like one of the yeah. biggest print coffee exporters? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were right. going to say it's, commodity because they have so much to give away. <laughs> right, and uh, but that's that's part of the hilariousness that that they need to hear. And and so they invite the leaders to this thing, and 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 they know what's going on. They know how bad it is. Okay. And they see a you know ridiculous name like this, but it's at a nice hotel, and and uh, and so it's so it's impressive. They're like like oh these guys are going out of their way to to host this event, and then when they leave, they give them you know, a hardcover book and say here this is this is the meat and bones, and and they're and they're giving them you know stuff. By you know, obviously Bastiat, but you know other other people too. Yeah. Um, so Bastiat's a good starting point, man. It's a, it's a. I think it's. I think they're going to make a really big impact. And uh, so, like I said from the at the beginning, it's much more complicated than it sounds. So, so some people believe that the U.S. government should invade. Or, you know, Trump said, "I'm not taking a, a military strike off the table." And so that's got everybody riled up, right? Um, and there's another thing about you know U.S. sanctions on Venezuela. You know we're not going to let them sell their oil uh, and stuff like that. Um, and so from from why is the government view, solution always to make things worse? Sorry. Well, and that, Just- but that's the thing. Like, it, maybe it'll make things worse. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll hurt Maduro's regime. Maybe, maybe Maduro will will end up getting more support from from China and, and, uh, and, uh, Cuba and, you know, other, other places uh, we don't, we don't really know what, what the fallout of that will be. And that's, but that's why I like, uh, that's true, but I can't envision any uh, good things coming from like restricting trade and embargoes, right? Like that, to me, that sounds like a default bad thing to do. It's, but it's, it's complicated because the, the, the oil and the oil money is, is used to fund the regime. The regime, even if they're not willing to kill their own people, can hire somebody else like Cuba to do it for them. Okay. Um, it's 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 really complicated. It's really dangerous, and uh, that's why I I don't want to focus on on that part so much. Um, okay. The thing about the I- ideas spreading is is you know it, obviously it's nonviolent, um, and it's needed because. You know, no matter what we do, like, you know, I mean, could you imagine invading Venezuela and then having the same shit that happened in Iraq happen or or uh, anywhere else that we've invaded and 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 it just turns to shit for, you know, the next 50 years? I mean, um, it would be much better to me. Um, I can more than imagine it and I can envision it if that's what the, yeah. <laughs> if, if yeah, the, we, that's I mean, the course can, that they take. We we have historical precedents that says like it it will probably end very badly. Yeah. Um so even though it's really bad right now, it's still the you know the, the people's struggle right now. Um and if if they can figure it out on their own and they can uh, you know, convince the generals like, "Hey, um, we're gonna come up with this new system, um, and you know, you can still be the police force in this new uh, new system, but we're gonna give some freedom back to the people. You know, we're gonna give them property, you know, private property rights back, and and uh, you know, you can be part of the, you know, the uh, the rise the of Venezuela solution. again." Okay. Um, 
th- that would be a much uh, a much more humane way to do it um, because usually the U.S. imposing democracy on people it's not it's not too great. Um, and and on top of that, like I said, they're brainwashed. They don't like the U.S. They don't like <laughs> the the way we do things. And I you know it. it I wonder why it it, it it could it could be really. Uh, you know, like, like I said, it's it's way more complicated than than I think anybody in the U.S. could could fix. Um, so I, I really like the idea of, of the people spreading ideas in their own country um, before uh, Maduro falls, okay? Um, because then there will be a, a ground network of people who who have a basic understanding of what happened and and what the solution is. So if if you were to go to Venezuela right now and 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 talk to them about freedom they would agree like like yeah we need freedom we need to be able to you know buy and sell things i mean that it seems obvious now to them yep um because they can't they literally can't go to the store and buy anything and, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's so crazy now that the the uh the, the military uh is setting up their own black markets you know to make extra profit on top right Right on top of their salary, because well, their salary isn't that much either. You're just I mean, they 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 can feed themselves, but um, their salary isn't that much because they're getting paid in a currency that's you know constantly going down. Um, uh, so hyperinflation situation. So, um, yeah, every, everybody all of a sudden sees the value of capitalism. They just don't call it that. Um, okay. But they but they also recognize that that uh you know the military setting up a black market isn't isn't freedom and they want freedom you know they don't want to have to go buy from a corrupt military person they they want to you know do business peacefully with whoever they want to right um so yeah that brings me into the next uh segment here my favorite always um and that is bitcoin um so that's my next experiment is to see how how well uh, the Bitcoin uh, is able to be utilized uh, to to produce you know some some type of uh, outcome that I want uh, okay. in Venezuela. So I donated uh, a half a Bitcoin, which right now is what two thousand dollars. Uh, if not close to it, man. the The last I saw it was it was peaking over thirty five hundred. I don't. Did it so, did it break four thousand? Is that the new mark? Yeah, we'll just say four thousand. I think it okay. went a, a little bit above that, like forty two hundred or something. Damn. So, hopefully, um, they'll be able to get a few conferences uh, in Venezuela with with that money at a nice hotel. You know, they can have coffee and a donut, maybe, <laughs> and uh, or toast. Yeah. Um, so ho- hopefully that 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 can be realized now. Um, a few other things that that I'm going to that that was just my initial donation. Uh, if if I can get th- more things from them, uh, obviously exports are going to be hard, and, and getting anything in there would be hard. Um, but getting them p- to produce content and uh, you know for the rest of the world to see inside of Venezuela, right. um, I I would pay for that. So. One one of the first things I, I want, well, not first things, but um, one one of the things that I I want to pay them to do is translate, uh, the um, 
the most dangerous superstition. Oh, some Larkin Rose knows. books. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know if that would be that useful for them to read at the moment. Um, but you know, just, just having the, you know, the ability to, you know, because I'm a capitalist, I'm an evil capitalist, you know, <laughs> I spread, I spread my ideas by, uh, but by not, not an American force. capitalist. Yeah. Um, I can spread by my ideas by not force, but by voluntary, uh, you know, trade. And, right. And so, so at least one person will read that book and that will be the translator. that's an uh, interesting way to like to to change one heart and mind right and 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 i think i mean to me it's it's impactful anyway so okay you know maybe it will maybe it will fly maybe it won't um but but yeah it is it is you know kind of a intense uh book right so um yes so things like that you know i can I can send Bitcoin to them. Nobody can really stop me. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get things done the way that I want them to, to happen, you know, <laughs> or okay. uh, influence influence the way I want. Um, so let, let me ask you this, but and we'll continue on. Um, what is important to you about influencing the direction that Venezuela goes, right? Um, because I... Like where's the buy-in I, for you? I want it to become the shining city on the hill that, you know, the, you know, the ideal, um, you know, with, with the most possibilities for everybody, not just Venezuelans. Uh, I, you know, I want a place in the world to exist that welcomes anybody who values freedom and, and defends it. Um, so one of the things that came up was a comparison with all these different governments and uh, uh, Switzerland came up, okay. And, and the way they do government in Switzerland is is a, I guess, a direct democracy, where okay. everybody has the right right to vote on everything and the right to uh, call out any type of thing and have it voted down at any time. Um, so, and and everybody in 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 Switzerland is expected to defend the law and. Um, and to do that, of course, you have to have guns. So everybody's got guns <laughs> too. Um, so there's a lot of uh, self responsibility and and awareness of what what the law is. Okay. Um, in the U.S., there could. I mean, come on. Does is anybody in Honolulu gonna know about the the law that you can't have a a cell phone when you know can't look at a cell phone while you, while you're crossing the street? So. Only the handful that read the paper. Most people will just get cited right. for it and then end up right. in court going, "What the? What is this?" Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be like, "Leave me alone," you know, <laughs> like go away. Yeah, and then and so it's just it's uh, I don't know. It's it, it's not worth doing, and, and so I don't know if I don't actually know if they have the same problem in in Switzerland with the laws, but um, they can, you know, apparently they can do something about them. Um, and they're all expected to, uh, and that's the thing. I don't really know that much about Switzerland, so I, I can't really debate you on it or okay. tell you it's valid or not. But but the, the gist of it was saying is that the direct dem- d- democracy in some situations can be better than uh, a top-down uh, populist uh, democracy 
whatever it has become in the U.S. or whatever. Okay. But um, you know, have, having a population that that is is aware of uh, you know, pr- protecting their own form, their own system, you know, that they they value their own system, and so they care about it, they understand it, they they know about it. Um, and in the U.S., it's like there's all these laws. They the government could come at you at any time. Uh, for any reason, especially the federal government, when the federal government comes after you, there's nothing you can do. Right. Uh, one of the speaker, one of the speakers at the Liberty International mm-hmm. Conference, said that uh, when the when the federal government comes after you, and th- there's a like a point one percent turnover rate of uh, convictions. Right. So if if they if, if they charge you for it, it's you're gonna get convicted and and that's it. And so he actually quit being a lawyer because he was he couldn't tell people anymore that he was going to have any chance of defending them. So it was like, you know, person would come in, he'd basically say, like, doesn't matter what I do, you're screwed. They'll make up something. They will change the rules in in the middle of the trial. Yep. Uh to get what they want. <laughs> yep. And so you cannot win against against that. You just you can't do it. So uh so he quit. And, uh, you know, I was uh, just telling a coworker about that the other day for me, I was in court one time and, you know, um, it, I, I had the benefit of the public defender because she looked like she was, she was there. Um, and she kind of like heard me start. And when I, when I first go in, I was like, I was playing dumb. Like I didn't know what's going on. So she's like, Oh, well, let me just, I'm, I'm already here. Let me help you. Even though we're not assigned to you or anything like that. And this was for a, a noise complaint. Now, one of the things that my understanding of how, you know, the, the, um, the law is supposed to work, right, is that there's elements to a crime and that the uh, prosecution must prove uh, all elements in order to, like, to receive a guilty verdict. Uh, and in this case, one of the elements to the crime for the, the noise violation was that the cop uh, must be able to positively identify the source of the noise from a hundred feet away. That, that's like in the law, right? Like that's what it says. And then one of the, the, the questions that the, uh, um, the, uh, defense attorney, I don't know, the, the public defender, that's the word. The, one of the questions that the public defender asked him and it was, it was a brilliant move on her part. And I was like, nailed it. Right. I was like one of the, she goes like, about how far away was the car when you were able to positively identify that this was the source of the noise? And he went, about 30 feet, like, like right over there. And I'm like, dude, I'm done. Like, we win, right? Like, that's it. You know, he, 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 he was not able, he did not uh, uh, act, accurately testify to one of the elements that they need to prove. Uh, and then we lost, right? The judge goes, well, he heard the noise from further away. Um, and then as the noise approached, he was able to positively identify. So it was more likely than not that the source he heard from that far away was coming from your vehicle, therefore guilty. And when you just changed the rules, <laughs> right? Like you, you just, you just made up new rules to get a guilty verdict. Um, and then I, then the public defender kind of looked at me like, you know, uh, dumbfounded and she went, I thought we had him like, dude, you did a fantastic job. That was, you know, good work on your <laughs> part, but like, you know, welcome to the system. <laughs> if, if, you, if you haven't figured it out already, like th- this is how it goes. Um, 
so yeah, I, you know, they, they will do anything, uh, you know, to, to get the guilty verdict, uh, in, including change the rules right on the spot. And, 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 you know, in, in my case, uh, change what, what has to occur for a crime to have been committed, right? Cause if you couldn't positively identify it from that far away, then technically, even though it's loud, it wasn't in violation of anything. <laughs> That's my little story. Please continue. I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued by what you're talking about. Yeah, I forgot where I was. <laughs> oh, you were talking about your lawyer friend who quit because he couldn't defend, uh, because he couldn't ac- accurately tell clients that he would give them a proper defense. Yeah, so that, that was pretty much the end of that story. Okay. Well, then I interjected at the perfect time. Yep. Any any other takeaways from the conference or any other anything anything um, you want to see coming out of like? Are you planning if Venezuela has a turnaround? Is that some place that you were thinking about? Uh, oh, yeah emigrating I'd, to well i'd like to um well you know obviously if if it becomes a great place to live i'd like to go there visit there you know uh, and live there maybe um but I, I at least have one friend now that lives in venezuela okay and uh you know if if he is successful in doing what he wants to do then uh you know he's going to be one of my heroes you know he's going to be this is this is going to be um you know, a legendary thing uh, in libertarian politics. You know, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great story, and and I'm I'm happy to be involved. Let's help it. him get voted king, so we can see if he'll abdicate the throne, Kokesh style. Yeah. Um, and and people have told him that he needs to be involved in politics, but he's like, oh yeah, maybe and. Uh, that you know that's just not his thing so um and and that's i I don't know how to get into this conversation but um and and libertarian uh you know big l little l there is there is a divide you know there's the, the politician type that want to get in the system and make a difference right and and oftentimes they do um one of the guys that gave a, a speech, he he was the governor of Puerto Rico for uh, you know a little while, like a couple years or whatever. Okay. And they made some big changes to to taxes, and and so so it did it did make a difference. They I mean it, it would have been a lot worse actually. Venezuela is you know, suffering pretty bad right now through a a debt crisis, um, but it could have been a lot worse um, if if some of the taxes weren't weren't dealt with um so you know is is was it worth doing for a libertarian to be you know become governor or whatever and and i would say that you know everybody's got their own thing so um well just like i said at the beginning there's multiple avenues and all are important right i'm i i am not an in the system type of activist uh i don't i don't necessarily believe in that um but I don't disparage those who take that route. Uh, my only, you know, consideration when dealing with someone who takes that route is what are you really going to do once you're in there? Right. Cause a, a lot of what happens is, you know, in, in politics in general, right. This, uh, you know, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Um, is they, they get the power. Right. And then all of a sudden they have a change of heart as to, you know, what needs to be done or how things work. You know, they, they get the talking to uh, by whoever's really in charge about how things are going to operate once they're there. Uh, 
Um, and you can be, you know, so as principled as you can. To, to, to back up this guy and say, I mean, he, he was a genu- genuinely good libertarian is that after his couple years in office, he gave it up. It's like, okay, that's the way it should be. You should get in, try to do something good and then get out. Um, and then, uh, that's not, not typically what happens with politicians. They usually get in and then they try to, you know, stay there as long yeah. as they can for some reason. It's just, when if he was doing that good of a job, right, then why get out? Like, why give that up to someone who might not do as good of a job, right? I mean, I, I see, I see Pro- both perspectives. Because, I'm playing devil's advocate. Probably because he couldn't stand being around all those assholes. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's my thing. That's a it's good like, reason. It's, it's, it's really tough being around, you know, all the control freaks, and that's one of the reasons why I couldn't stay in the Republican Party. It's like just being in there, it's like... I, it's it's unbelievable. I, I can't. Uh, An entire population of people trying to tell you what to do. Yeah, and and not only that, but just the 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 violence, uh, uh, especially the Republican Party. When you know some of the some of the people that that uh, don't have any filters on. Okay. While they're talking, it's like they'll they'll start laughing and and making jokes about how they put somebody in prison for smoking pot. It's like. Are you serious? What what what's wrong with you? What did that guy do to you? Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, "What? I thought this was like the Republican Club. Like I thought this was the, you know, the safe place to be an asshole. Like they're they're, they're literally shocked when I when I call them out for it. You know. <laughs> That's the alt right now. That's the safe well, yeah. place to be an asshole. Sort of. I don't I don't know what the alt right thinks about about drugs right now. I, I this I don't think that's their big their big talking point i think i think the immigration is well yeah but i mean just just the 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 rhetoric and the behavior right is an asylum for uh for assholery not necessarily not necessarily drugs in general right but but if you wanted to say something you know that would be off base or off-putting um in polite society Right, you go to you. You can go to an alt right rally and shout that shit out, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone's in I love. I think with it you. would be more more racist stuff, but I think I think I think the alt right is basically an out outgrowth of the the uh, far left. You know, it's like they, oh, they've said as they, much. They, they 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 make they make each other strong by just being obscene and just retarded. So, um, I've heard prominent alt right people say. Right, that they wouldn't be necessary if the left weren't so outrageous. Yeah. Right. There would be no alt right without to, the far left. To, they to started that. It. There, there would be no alt right if the media and uh, the leftist media, the, not just the leftists, the rightists <laughs> too. So the 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 right the rightist media, they they get popular for posting stuff about like let's say something that they think is disgusting. And shocking to them, right? They'll like some like uh, you know two uh, two gay transvestite whatever people had a baby, right? And so they're gonna post that. And I'm like, why? It's just disgusting and and just ridiculous. You know, you don't have to spread that. Uh, yeah, but, but it riles up know, the base. Yeah, and it makes them money, and they get views on their web page, and and so that's what I'm saying. It's like. The, the, it's just ridiculousness all around uh, just to get some activity happening, you know, economic or 
or physical or anything, right? And I think that's a wrong reason to, you know, to do things. And uh, I kind of, you know, personally, I I always, when I see that type of stuff, I get rid of it off of my news feed and I downvote it or, you know, whatever I can to, to say, okay. you know, this is, this is not something that anybody needs to see because it's just, it's, you know, it's not an issue. It's a non-issue, but, but, you know, people make issues out of things that are not worth even talking about. Like we are that's now. true. <laughs> that that's cable news, like definition, yeah. right? How do we fill 24 hours of news when there's nothing really to talk about? Um, man, what was, I was, I was at a client's house. We were, you know, uh, unpacking furniture and she had like CNN on, um, so for like three hours, right, it just CNN in the background. And I think for the entire three hours, this was during the uh, the healthcare debate and vote. And for three hours, it was just that. Like it was, oh, coming up next is someone else who's going to speak and give their opinion on this. Oh, and coming. And then, you know, then the commentators say the same thing they said last hour uh, after the next speaker talks. Right. It's just like, wow, you know, you, you could wrap this up in a five minute news brief, you know, Um but you got to fill it. And then the question becomes, well, what do you fill it with? And then because this is a capitalist system, MC, you know, there's competition in the news market. Um, so you, you know, you're, you're vying for advertisers and sponsors and viewers, uh, to, to feed those advertisers and you got to put on some entertaining content. Otherwise people will change the channel. Um, so I understand, you know, I understand the ridiculousness of it. Um, but at the same time, like you, I don't, I don't necessarily buy into it. Um, although I do, I, I, I don't downvote from my newsfeed. I go, huh, that was entertaining. Right. Um, a long time ago, you know, the, I don't know how he's like maintained his popularity through all this. And even now, you know, even building upon it. Right. But I had a, a friend of mine, you know, ask me, he's like, Hey, do you ever listen to Alex Jones? And I go, what do you mean? He's like, dude, do you know about, do you know about Alex Jones? I go, yeah, I listen to Alex Jones all the time. He's like, oh my God. You know, like I can't, I can't believe I found someone else who listens to Alex Jones. I go, well, okay. So let me be clear, right? I listen to Alex Jones for entertainment, right? I don't believe everything he says. I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not bought in, um, you know, to the, the new world order conspiracy to take down the, the globalist governments of the world unite. You know, um, but damn, he puts on a good show, you know, and he's made fun of for it, but it's, it's entered for me, it's entertainment. You know, I, I go to other places for news. I go to, you know, like the Mises website or, you know, uh, if, if I was Venezuelan, it'd be like the Bastiat Society of Venezuela, or, um, I used to get a lot of information from reason. Even, even if we got into show prep, you know, I just, I just poked my head up and, um, for half the articles that I have uh, prepared for today's show prep are from reason. Right. And in, in my opinion, um, reason puts out okay content. Even, even that site, you know, used to have a more principled stance on a lot of issues, um, and has slid away from that, uh, much like the Cato Institute has, um, where, you know, they, it used to be like, okay, Cato, Cato policy analysis, right? So here's, here's what's coming down the, you know, the regulatory pike. Uh, and here's, you know, the, the libertarian perspective on it. Um, and then it started to shift where it was, okay, here's what's coming down the pike. 
Um, and because the libertarian perspective isn't going to get any ground groundswell or, or headway, I guess is what I'm looking for, isn't going to get any headway, here's why what they're doing is actually a good thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it just, it, the, the, the perspectives shift. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, valid reasons for that. And I think even, um, you know, um, like it or not, right. Even the Mises Institute, uh, caught some flack. Was it last week or the week before that? Um, for some comments that the, the president of the, of the Mises Institute made, uh, in a speech, right. You know, saying like, well, uh, you know, principles are to paraphrase, right. Principles are one thing. But the general population still, you know, is still very nationalistic. And if we ignore that fact, uh, we're going to lose the battle of ideas by not appealing to their nationalism, basically. Right. And, and I'm sure I'm slightly wrong, but that's my general interpretation of, of the, the quoted text of what he said uh, and many people's interpretation of what he said. So even, right. even, even that site, right, which has been like st- steadfast principle for so long is starting to to sway away from that uh in, in order to i'm going to say stay relevant right so what can we, so you know from if you're if you're looking for place for outlets of of where to get things you just got to you know keep finding ones that that you know parlay a principled message uh and give you valuable information and mm-hmm. right now there's there's not a lot of that um left out there but if you but if you remove everything from your news feed that you disagree with well then you get stuck in the echo chamber just like every other <laughs> like you know yeah, just definitely. like the leftist and just like the alt-rightist you know yeah. i don't I, i've <clears throat> taken to not argue a, with either side a pretty interesting echo chamber was was the libertarian uh international or liberty international conference um but i that there's still enough people uh talking that that <clears throat> There was there was plenty of room for debate and and learning uh, about any any issue. It was is uh, it was really interesting, and so I guess that was that's going to be my last plug. Is uh, if if you want to meet uh, a wide variety of people from all around the world uh, that have all kinds of different backgrounds, there, there's you know political people, there's uh, <clears throat> There's teachers, there's um, entrepreneurs, there's, we even had a 17-year-old a kid that, uh, he's, his parents are entrepreneurs, and and uh, he was, he was his main point was that he, he didn't understand capitalism or free trade until he went to China, and he was lost, and he didn't have any way of getting anything but to buy it right and and, <laughs> and not only buy it but he had to haggle with the people uh you know selling selling a product you know it's like right like now now you get it like now like you, you don't have anybody around you to tell you what the price of this thing is and uh or or should be or could be you know like you you got to figure that out on your own <laughs> and uh and, and then you then you can appreciate you know the the fact that they have something that you want you know yeah and and you can come to terms and uh and make an exchange you know i will say this about that uh you know i i've i've spent uh some months uh on ebay rebuilding my video game collection 
as you know, MC, uh, and I've played some of that with you. Uh, but you know, it, it always comes down to like value, right? So I've, I've taken to, you know, I'm going to say lowballing offers to sellers who accept offers. And part of it is because like, I don't want to pay that much for, for certain games, right? I go like, well, this is, this is about my budget and you're, you're clearly well, way beyond even what I'm going to say, what the market rate is, um, on eBay. Cause one of the, one of the, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but one of the things, one of the pieces of information that eBay gives both sides is like, Oh, how, what, what is this price trending at right now? Right. Like, you know, it, it's everyone, everyone, everyone else is paying about 20 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to pay 20 bucks. I want to pay like 10, you know? So here's an offer for 10, you know, on the game you have listed for 40, right? And then, you know, I get the response back like, ah, oh, that's a low-balling asshole, you know, like, what the hell? You're like, oh, calm down, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just way too high on your price. Like, you know, I I do my research too, right? I, I go through like the completed listings and I go, you know, what's, what's the lowest people are getting this for? Um, and I want to be around that range if it's a couple bucks here or there you know one way or the other like i'm cool but when you're when you when your price is like double that of but what the, you know those are going the for the funny thing is the the person that's selling the video game knows knows like beyond beyond a doubt eventually that game will come down to ten dollars whether he does it now or you know in in two months or whatever the case may be you know the, the yeah. price is on its way down so um it depends you know how, how much he wants to you know listen to lowballers you know it, yeah he, he might have to he might have to put up with this for a long time so uh yeah um it's it's great because even even the market itself creates uh in some ways it creates a reason to sell it just like i i do with 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 a car you know i could have got more money for my car when i sold it yeah. But, you know, I don't like being in the market all the time. I have other things to do, you know, so let somebody else have it. They can resell it if they want it. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that, you know, when when I do that, I just throw out a little message like, hey, I'll take this off your hands for you. Like, you know, there's there's 45 minutes left in the auction and no one else is buying, you, you know, just let it go and you can be done with it. And, you know, I, a, a couple of occasions, right, I've had someone go, thank you. Thank you for finally buying it because no one else will. (laughs) (laughs) I go, great. Like that's the, that's the response that I'm looking for, man. Um, But yeah, you know, just haggling there, right. Is, is I'm going to say fun for me. Right. Cause I always, it makes me feel like I'm always getting a deal. And even though sometimes I go, man, you know, we, we've spent like a half an hour on this negotiation and we're like haggling over, you know, 25 cents. I'll eat it. You know, just, just for you being a good sport and, and dealing with me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the structure of, of capitalism in general, right? Like I have one value in mind, you have another value in mind on what you're expecting for it. Uh, and if we can come together, you know, and, and make a deal happen, um, great. You know, if not, then you find another buyer, I find another seller. And, you know, if you, if you have to move to Hong Kong or China to figure out, you know, how capitalism works, by all means, you know, take a trip. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely an education in finding in the market itself, finding value for something. Although I once had a, a economics professor say that whenever you buy on eBay or an auction site, um, you automatically overpay 
because the market value is what everyone else would have paid, which is the auction, which is the, the, the auction price below yours. I thought that was an interesting perspective too. <laughs> right. No one else would pay what you're paying for it. So, you know, damn you for overpaying. Yep. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, no, like, like I was saying, I, I just wanted to plug, uh, Liberty International Conference. Um, check it out on the website. You'll see the big list of all people. I mean, we, we had doctors, lawyers, um, teachers. I don't know, all all kinds of stuff. We had people. We had a guy from Mongolia. <laughs> did they record the speeches? Or are they, those going to be made did. available? I, I, I believe they're going to be available on Facebook on on a Liberty International okay. uh, Facebook page and on YouTube somewhere. So okay. Um, so when we brought, I don't know how. What, what quality is going to be because I'm not the one that recorded it. Yeah, that's okay. So those things are better as audio anyway. Yeah, hopefully it comes through. But uh, it was it was okay. a good time. So so when when we wrap here, can you put that on the uh, show page and in the group, just a link to their website or sure thing. or to their Facebook page, so we can all give it a like and a thumbs up. Right on. All right. Anything else? Nope. No more plugs. All right. I think we're approaching the end of the show anyway. Yeah, just about right on time here. Perfect. Uh, that'll do it for us then. Uh, thank you very much for, for that lovely insight, MC, on your trip to Puerto Rico, all of Puerto Rico. Uh, and you guys know where to find us for the the you know the regular show, uh, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, we didn't get to any of the articles for show prep. That's okay, because this was much more enlightening for me. Uh, but we'd put, put those up in the group page on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, and if you want to donate, which is not really a donation because we're delivering content. So if you value the content that we're producing, uh, we do that uh, through Patreon. Send us a couple of bucks. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.